Welcome to the Valley Church. Our mission is to see change lives, and we hope this relevant teaching inspires you to take the next step in your journey. Thanks for checking out the podcast and enjoy the message. Hey everyone, I'm Pastor Mark at the Valley Church. Man, it's so good to have you with us here today. Uh, This is week two of our series, Winning the Battle of the Mind. And so if you missed last week, Pastor Peter did a fantastic job kicking it off. Um, This is a series that means a lot to me. Um, many, like many of you, uh, I struggle. I, I have battles when it comes to my mind. In fact, I'm one of those guys who it's hard for my mind to shut off. Uh, I don't know if you deal with that. Maybe you could do a thumbs up emoji if you're joining us on Facebook and have that or raise your hand wherever you are. Uh, in fact, my, I'm an achiever. Uh, I like to, uh, to get things done. I like to move forward. That's a good thing, obviously. But My mind is designed in a way um, that it just goes, like it keeps going, it keeps going. Um, Even sleeping, I feel like it's probably still going, it just slows down a little bit. And that's got me in trouble um, because of this battle in my mind of trying to rest and trying to to just be okay with where things are and not having to always get better and not having to always strive and not having to always achieve. In fact, it's... It's gotten so intense a couple times in my life where I've got to go see a professional and someone who could, who could sit down, I could explain what I was going on, he could give me some, some, some techniques, some coping advice. And of course, I, I always pray for God to bring healing, and, and he has in so many ways. And so, um, so this is near and dear to me because I'm in the same battle you are. Uh, and I want to win. I want to win this battle. I want to be set free from this constant having to achieve. I want to move from uh, productivity as being my end game to fruitfulness. And that's actually one of, the, one of the pieces of advice I've been given over the years is to move to what's productive versus fruitful. What's a productive life look like versus a fruitful life? And so, man, we're on this journey together. Uh, I feel like God has set me free in so many areas in this regard, but I still have some, some journeying to do. And I'm guessing that you watching today maybe are in the same, maybe not the same struggle, but you are in the same journey to get victory in this battle. Or maybe you know someone who who is in that battle and needs that. And so um, I hope today is an encouragement to you. I hope it's something that you walk out of here as we look at Scripture, as we talk about real life. And um, and today's a day where you start start winning. You start winning this battle. I don't know if you know this, but the, the battle for your life, the battle for my life is won or lost in our mind. Uh, it's won or lost in our mind. It's where it starts. It's where the enemy starts knocking. It's where he starts to set up residence. And if we don't win this battle in our mind, our life will never be what Jesus intended it to be. When I was a uh, baseball coach, uh, I was, again, like I told you, an achiever, and so I never wanted a game to get canceled. I always thought anytime we were going to play, we had a chance to win, and if we couldn't play, we couldn't win. And so I remember one time in particular, our field was not, we got a lot of rain, which is not uncommon here where we are in, in Ohio in the spring, the rain and cold and lack of sun do not equate to good baseball fields. And so we had a week of rain and, and a couple of days actually leading up to this one game. I really wanted to play. My pitching was lined up. I knew I had a good matchup with the other team. And so uh, the infield was soggy and the outfield was soggy. And we tried all kinds of different techniques. And finally, I was like, you know, let's just dig a trench. 
<laughs> and so we did. We literally dug a trench from the field to drain it outside the field. And it worked. It took all this water and drained it uh, out, out, out of the field and into this uh, trench that we, that we had built. Now, some people that looked at that thought I was making a rut in the field. You know, a rut versus a trench. Now, I've, I've had ruts before. I've had my car in a place where it was muddy and I thought I could get out of it. And I thought, well, my four-wheel drive will get out of anything, won't it? That's what four-wheel drive is supposed to do. I've created ruts before. A rut is different than a trench. You can see the picture on your screen, right? I mean, a rut serves a purpose, okay? And can, uh, or excuse me, a trench serves a purpose and can get out. A rut is not a good thing. So how many of us in our, in our battle of our mind are not, living, are not digging out a trench, but we're stuck in a rut? Because when you're stuck in a rut, what happens? You just keep spinning. You keep spinning. It gets deeper, right? It gets worse. <laughs> the ones I've had to call AAA before to get me out of a rut, literally. And we get nowhere versus a trench that can move and make stuff happen. So I want you to keep that image in your mind today. Are you living more, or is your mind more stuck in a rut? Or are you looking to kind of get a trench mentality of at least let's get this flow and let's get this out of here. Let's make some progress. 2 Corinthians 2 is where I want to start today. We're going to be in chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. And it says this, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments at every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And get this, this is huge. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. See, you and I cannot change what we will not confront. And that's where I want to start us today. You and I will not experience change in our lives if we will not confront the issue. I was honest and transparent with my issue when it comes to my mind. I'm a hamster wheel. I get stuck on things. I can get anxious because of that. I can have anxiety. I can get so focused on one thing that it can really bring me down. And that's a rut in my life. And if I don't acknowledge that, if I don't take those caps, uh, thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ, I will never see the change. You will never see the change. We can't change what we will not Confront. In other words, if you buy into the lie that you'll never be good enough, are you buying into that lie today that you'll never be good enough or that you made too many mistakes? What happens if you buy into the lie that God really doesn't care about you? Maybe you're watching today and you bought into that lie that God just really doesn't care about you or that you'll never be able to stop doing what you don't want to do as, as Pastor Peter talked about last week. What happens when you and I get stuck in those ruts? What happens when we don't confront? What happens when we engage that lie, when we believe that lie, we let that lie consume us, that we're never going to measure up, that our past is always going to be there, it's always going to haunt us, we're never going to get over it, or that the things that we're, we struggle with, we're never going to see freedom in. Those are lies, folks. But we have to confront those lies. We have to recognize, number one, those are lies, they don't come from God. And in fact, those lies will keep you and I living in shame. Shame is how the enemy works. You see that back in the book of Genesis, as soon as sin entered the world, as soon as Eve and Adam rebelled against God, they recognized their shame. How do we know? What do you do when you're experiencing shame? You hide. 
And that's what they did. They hid. They clothed themselves. They realized the shame. And that's how the enemy works. Because when we, when we live in the shame of our past, we can never be set free for the future. And that's what I so desperately want for you today and throughout this series, to be set free. Don't, not to be consumed by shame. Not to be chained down by shame any longer. But to be set free. What lie are you believing that's holding you captive? See, who you are today is a result of your thoughts in the past. Same for me. Who you are today is a result of your thinking in the past. Your thoughts, those things, good or bad, right? That is who we are today. But who you will become in the future will reflect, be reflected in what you think about today. See, our thoughts have incredible power over us. The enemy always attacks us. Who you want to be in the future a lot of it will dictate how you start thinking today. If you and I keep staying stuck in the past, if we keep staying in the rut, you're going to remain in the rut. And you're going to be in that rut for year after year after year. Whatever that stinking thinking is, whatever that is that's holding you captive, that's holding you down, whatever that thought is that you haven't laid it in front of Christ and have made it obedient to him, and to make sure that it aligns with what he thinks about you and not what the enemy's saying to you or not what other lies you're believing. And so that's the freedom. I want you to experience freedom today. Do you? Do you want to experience that freedom that comes from getting out of the rut to start digging a trench to be set free and to be released? See, to remove the lies, we have to replace them with truth. And so we're going to go right into truth. We're going to continue in truth. We're going to look at different scriptures today that speak truth into us. The next one's on the screen. You can follow along with me. It's going to be Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. It says, finally, finally, in other words, everything that he said before, he's putting together. Paul, who wrote this to the church in Ephesus at the time, a big cultural center. So you can read through chapters 1 through 5, every single thing, including the beginning of chapter 6. Finally, guys, everything... Now be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, as a result, it's there for a reason. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, wow, stand firm then, See a theme here? Standing, being firm, standing, not falling down, not giving up, not being knocked over. With the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints." You maybe have heard this before. This is talking about the armor of God. Now, what I'm not going to do today, for time's sake, I'm not going to actually go through each part of the armor. I've done a sermon on that before. You can go to our YouTube channel and, and check and, and probably Google Armor of God, Valley Church, and you'll probably find that. But what I just want to highlight two of them actually today, and then we're going to build off of that. The, the first is to recognize, number one, before I even get to the armor, that this war is a very strategic war. The enemy is very strategic. He attacks us on all fronts, and he starts, it's not by accident, it starts with the head here. His, 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 um, his, his ways of doing this, his, his weapons, if you will, are numerous. Numerous weapons that he attacks us. He's very strategic. He deceives us. 
It's with deception. It's with fear. It's with temptation. It's with worry. It's with anxiety. His weapons in our mind, his weapons against you and me, he has a full gamut of weapons, and he uses them. He knows you. He knows you well. He knows your weak spots. He knows where you're vulnerable, and he comes after them, and he comes after them, and he comes after them. That's why, the, that's why Paul said, you got to stand firm. you got to armor up, folks. You can't stop. You can't retreat, and you can't get knocked down, but it only comes through allowing the Holy Spirit to flood over and through you. And he starts with the helmet of salvation. Actually, helmet of salvation makes a lot of sense when we look at Romans 8, and you'll see it on the screen, 8, 6, and 7. says, the mind of the sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is what? It's life and peace. The sinful man is hostile to God. It does not submit, the sinful man, mind, excuse me, is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. In other words, if you don't know Jesus, you have no chance when it comes to winning the battle of the mind. I'm not meaning, I don't want to hurt your feelings today. I don't want you to make, make you feel like giving up. In fact, I want to give, I'm giving you hope. If you give your life to Christ, if you surrender to him, if you make him the Lord, you have a chance at winning this battle. And he closes by saying, those controlled by the sinful nature cannot Please, God, it's just not possible. There's no way about it. No way about it. And that's why he gave us the sword of the Spirit. See, the sword of the Spirit, they would have understood this when they looked at Roman soldiers. This culture was run by or overseen by the Roman Empire. Soldiers were everywhere. They were in their uniform. This would have made so much sense. They would have been able to walk out and see a helmet. They would have been able to walk out and able to see a, a breastplate. They would have been able to walk out and see a sword. And so the sword at that time was a short little sword. That sword was designed for hand-to-hand combat. Sometimes we think that sword is a big, massive sword, and it was you know six feet long or the sword that Rome, used by the Roman soldiers was very, very short, okay? maybe, maybe 18 inches in length. And so very much hand-to-hand combat. And that puts this really in the context when we think about this, right? Because the soldiers knew how to use that sword. They were trained with that sword. They, they practiced hour and hour. They knew that sword inside out. They knew how to be victorious with that sword. Why? Because they knew how to use the sword. They knew how to use it. It was theirs. See, the sword represents God's word. And you and I must know the Bible. We must. It's not optional. I think we, we have this idea that, well, it's not big of deal, that big of a deal if I don't read the Bible. It's not big of a deal if I don't spend time with God. It's not that big of a deal. I'm like, lie. You're buying a lie. It's a huge deal. It's a huge deal. Why? Because you will not know the truth if you don't know what the Bible says. And the truth always wins. Truth will always win over lies and deception. It always does. And so if you don't know God's art, I'm not saying that you're a biblical scholar, but if you do not spend at least a few minutes every day reading this and letting it read you, letting it speak to your heart, God revealing who he is to you, him revealing what he wants you to do with your life, him bringing the healing in areas that you maybe don't even know you totally need or you definitely don't know how to get them, you will never win. That's why he gives us the sword. Notice, by the way, it's the only offensive weapon that's given. The rest is defensive as far as the body of the, uh, of the soldier goes, the armor of God. Here's also what I want you to know today. You can't fight this battle alone. And there's something interesting when it came to this text. It's not said in the text, but we know this is how these soldiers operated, and it's called the tortoise formation. And so, and you'll see a picture of it, but when 
when the soldiers would go in the battle, not, they would not go isolated. They would not go one-on-one. They stayed together. They would link arms with the person next to them, and they would form this kind of square. And they would hold their shields, and you saw it in the picture. They would hold their shields up in front of them, and they would block the three sides. And then the guys on the back, on the back of it would then put their, sword or their shields up over the top of everyone. They literally built this canopy, or that's where they called a tortoise shell. That was the, the, the Greek word that they used that translates into our word, word tortoise, this tortoise shell formation. Think about it. How susceptible was this group of people, these soldiers, to an enemy attack? Hand to hand. That's what they had back then. We're not talking where they would have aircraft carriers to drop bombs. I mean, this was back in the first century, folks. Okay? And so hand to hand, they were protected on every side and above because they didn't do it as a lone ranger. They didn't do this in isolation. They knew if they wanted to be victorious in this battle, not only did they have to have their armor on, but they had to be linked together. They had to do life together. They had to be with their other friends who were on the same mission together. And you might know where I'm going with this or figure it out, but I'm saying you can't, I can't get victory in our mind on our own. You and I will never be victorious by trying to fight this fight on our own. In fact, the enemy wants you and I to just do this by yourself. So here's what I'm going to challenge you right now. I'm not at the end of the sermon yet, but I want to challenge you right now. Would you be willing to get connected with someone else? I don't care where you're watching us right now, where you live in the world. Would you let one of the hosts know? Would you go? You could even text me directly, 937-358-6565. Our host will put it up there. But if you would uh, indicate interest in being in a life group, we're going to have online groups. We're continuing. We're never going to stop having online groups. And so let Lindsay, let one of our hosts, if you're watching us on Facebook, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, like I said, text me at that number. Go to our website, thevalley.church. That's thevalley.church. Go to the Troy location. Go to Group Life. Go to our app. Go under Community Life on our app and then pick Life Group. Fill out a form and we'll get in touch with you. I gave you some options there, right? Text that number, 937-358-6565. Go to our app. Go to our website, thevalley.church. Let one of your hosts know. I'm giving you so many options because this is vital. Do you want victory? Do you want God to bring healing in your mind? Then you need to get in community. There's no other way around it. There just isn't. You need other people. Iron sharpens iron, as it says in Proverbs. You need other people to be praying for you. You need other people who can encourage you. You need other people who can challenge you from time to time. You need other people to just, you just need to know, and I just need to know sometimes that I'm not the only one struggling, (laughs) right? That other people, we're on this journey together. We haven't figured it out. This side of heaven, we're not going to be fully complete as far as the, the total regeneration. So until that time comes, until we breathe our last here, we need other people journeying this. We need some other friends we're going to be there to rally alongside of us. He then says in Romans 8, chapter 5, he says, or chapter 8, verse 5, says, those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what the, that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what, on what the Spirit desires. See, you and I can't defeat what we can't define. What is it that the Spirit desires? What is it that 
where you need to see healing? Where is it that, where you want to be in 10 years? Well, what you do now, how you think now, how you allow God to consume your mind now will dictate where you are for better or for worse. We have to identify the lie that has become a stronghold to you. What lie are you believing? You're, there's something, maybe one of the ones I mentioned earlier, that you're never going to be good enough. God will never forgive you of your past. You're never going to amount to anything. Oh, there, there, there's no way he's going to forgive this. Oh, I, I continue to struggle with this, that, or the other thing. And I, I'm like Paul in Romans 7, and we talked about last week, and I just can't get victory. Those are lies. That's how Satan, Satan wants you and I to stay defeated. Did you know that? He doesn't want you to think that you can be victorious. He doesn't want you to think that your life could actually have incredible hope and meaning. He doesn't want you to think that you can not only be healed and set free, but then you can, God can use your story to encourage and help others experience the same thing. He doesn't want that. He wants you and I to stay stuck in the rut. He wants us to spin our tires. He wants us the rut to just get deeper and deeper. And he wants us to get to the point where we just sit there and we kind of give up. That's, what, that's how he operates. It's so devious. It's so disturbing and it's so disgusting. And I know that's not what you want for your life. And I definitely know that's not what Jesus Christ wants for any of us. You can't do this alone. You need each other. Here's where I want to land today. I want, to, and I want this statement to be ingrained in our minds. You, didn't, you do not fight for victory. You fight from victory. You don't fight for victory. You and I, if we're followers of Jesus, fight from victory. I forget this. I forget that Jesus Christ already came flying out of the grave. Already, I forget that Jesus Christ defeated death. I forget that my sins are forgiven. I forget that I don't have to be stuck. I don't have to stay where I am because he defeated. He was the victor. That should jump us up and down a little bit. We are victorious. We don't try to experience victory. We don't try to fight for victory. You and I fight from a portion or from a stance of victory. That's a game changer to know that the victory is already ours for the taking. Will you receive it? How bad do you want it? How bad do you want to be set free? How bad do you want to experience God's thoughts for your life and what God thinks about you and what God sees in you? And I want, you to, I want, to, I want this to be a, a, an anthem today as I, as I lift off what you're not and then what you are because of Christ. You are not controlled by fear. Because we fight from victory, you are not controlled by fear. You are not a slave to your habits. You're not a prisoner to your addictions. You're not a victim. You are not your past. You're not what someone did to you. You are not who your unhealthy thoughts say you are. You are who God says you are. You are who God says you are. You are loved. This is what God says about you. You are loved. You are forgiven. You are healed. You are new. You are free. You are a weapon of righteousness in the darkness of this world. Amen. Wow, I'm pumped. Are you pumped? Some of you might have just jumped out of your sofas right now. I hope you're driving down the road. I hope you didn't steer into another lane. That's who we are. We are victorious, church. You are victorious. You don't need to stay where you are. You don't need to stay stuck. You can get out of the rut. You can dig a trench, and God's going to set you free by the power of the Holy Spirit. Would you pray with me today? God, I pray that you would flood over people wherever they are right now. 
God, as we looked at the truth of your word of putting on the armor of God and taking that sword of the spirit and knowing your word and getting in community with other people and taking every thought captive and making obedient to Christ, God, I pray that we would speak truth and we would have others speak truth and we would allow you to speak the truth into our lives that we are loved, that we are forgiven, that we are beloved, that we are new, that we are free, that we are healed, and that we would allow it to seep into every single cell of our body. And most importantly, we would allow our minds to be renewed and refreshed and healed so that we can, as we're going to look at in a few weeks, so then we could truly test and we could truly approve of what your good, your pleasing and your perfect will is. If you're listening to us today and you made a decision for Jesus Christ, if you're substituting the old for the new, would you let one of your hosts know? Would you let them know right now? And as we continue to pray today, if you need to pray with your host, if you want to pray with someone, let us know. Call the church, call me. We want to help you get set free. God, I pray and thank you for your presence here today. And we pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, don't leave us. We are going to go. The band's going to lead us in a song. And man, this song is fitting for today. It's called Sea of Victory. And my prayer is that you're seeing a victory right now. And as you allow these words to speak truth into your mind, that you will experience victory like none other. Hey, hang with us. Man, I can't wait to see you again next week. Be blessed. Thanks for joining us today. To stay up to date with our weekly messages, make sure to subscribe and follow us on social media. You can check us out on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or download our app to stay connected with all things The Valley. And if today's message impacted you, share it with a friend, because changed lives change lives.